0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us once again here at SGTV. Today we are talking to Mike Page from Residual Current. Today we're going to be talking about the differences between being employed and being self-employed. So Mike, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Hello mate, I'm very good, thank you. Before we get into the ins and outs of being self-employed and being employed, because a lot of the people we speak to on SGTV are mainly uh, are self-employed they run their own usually domestic firms you know small domestic businesses doing your typical domestic jobs really
1: um but you've uh, so tell us a bit about yourself before we get into it uh, yeah my name's mike um i'm 24 i've been an electrician for almost nine years um i've been self-employed employed and i've recently set up as a limited company as well so i've um yeah, seen sort of four avenues, I guess, a little bit. Um, and, um, yeah, I um, I really enjoy my job and post about it a lot on uh, social media. <laughs> um, so most people
0: will typically, they'll be an apprentice. So you could say they're employed. Uh, they might work for a small company for a period of time or stay with the company they were uh, taking on as apprentice. And usually their end goal then is to think, right, I want to run my own business typically doing domestic work or small commercial jobs um so which way did you go because you've gone from well i'll let you explain yeah
1: yeah so um i um my brother was working for a commercial industrial company and i left school and um i yeah i could have done better so to speak so he said right come in and work with me and i'd sort of um come around to the idea anyway i've been an electrician. So, um i Come went around to the audit did it, yeah, <laughs> did it
0: yeah, take, yeah. take some convincing were you not too yeah,
1: sure yeah i weren't too sure but um yeah so i don't regret it. it's always the best we have ever but um yeah i didn't really know what i wanted to do you know there's so much pressure at that age of oh, what you're gonna do what you're gonna do and half of you don't know what you're gonna do you know um but yeah so i did that and then um yeah i worked for him through the summer at um at 15 because I left school I'm like one of the youngest in I was one of the youngest in the year so when I left school in May I weren't quite 16 yet basically um, until the July so I worked with them from May all the way through till September and then September came round, and they said I said right I want to sign up for college this is what I want to do and they said yeah yeah fine um, we're not going to do that though and I was like right and then they go yeah we want nothing to do with the college sort of thing so you're gonna have to sort that out yourself and I was self employed as well. So I'd set up a UTR, I'd set up as a sole trader um, because that's what they had told me to do. And then when I went to college, they were like, no, you need to be employed. And I was like, well, I'm not. And then when I spoke to my company, they like, well, we don't want nothing to do with that anyway. So they wanted the apprentice, but they didn't want any of the strings attached. And I learned a lot from the company. Um, they're really neat and taught me really, really well I, a lot of where I am today to that company, but they treated me really badly as an as a as member of staff basically and as an apprentice but yeah so the long and short of it was my sister um her her partner was a domestic electrician working in the local area and he didn't want an apprentice or nothing like that but what he said because I was I was at this family barbecue and it was just I was worried about going to college and all that and how am I going to do it and he said look I'll say you work for me um I'll say you're employed for me Um, but you work for them and as far as college are concerned I'll uh it was sponsoring actually I'll sponsor you um and then that was that was why I was a self-employed apprentice basically I was doing my own tax returns I was doing my own sorting all my own tax out buying all my own stuff as an apprentice you know because I weren't employed um and when the assessor would come out and assess me I would have to go and work for him for the day (laughs) and do you know what I mean and (laughs) then um It was just all mad. But um, so then I, you know, eventually got qualified and stuff like that. Um, I was on quite good money, actually, for, um, I was on like £30 a day, which is terrible. And then the second year went up to £40 a day. But in the third year, I think I was on around 110 which is really, really good for a third year apprenticeship, Um, because what had happened was the industrial company had gone quiet and then my brother-in-law did need an electrician. So I went and worked for him in the domestic sector. So I'd done like three years for this industrial company. They'd gone quiet. And then I'd basically finished my apprenticeship, which would come at a really good point because there was lots more on-site assessments in the first year. There was lots more of that sort of stuff with college. And I'd actually in, in the third year, sorry. And I'd gone back to work with him. So they, they were none the wiser. it was great <laughs> and then um yeah I got qualified because it's a three year apprenticeship that basically took four years because we just had a bad college experience had like six tutors and and just loads of drama so it was ended up being about four years so I spent my last year doing domestic and I carried on working for him for you know two years after that um, in the domestic sector and he was um he was he was all right and my brother-in-law I don't work for him anymore. Um, but he basically would drop me on a job and go, right, there you go. Um, and I was, you know, for better or for worse, I made many mistakes, but it, I owe a lot to that as well because I learned how to run jobs, still with clients, order materials, because he'd literally drop me off at a house rewire and go, right, there you go. And then, so I'd have to get the book out because I wouldn't know, you know, how to do stuff and then I wouldn't be able to get old of him and you know so um that helped me for three years doing domestic and then at the end I was pretty you know I was a pretty good domestic installer. I was smashing rewires, smashing little jobs and, and and all that um and then that came to an end. He would do like commercial as well so he would do like installing sockets in factories and stuff like that, which is what I really enjoyed. And then um, I left him and my brother was working for the company I'm working for now um and he said you need to come over it's great and then um I was like okay but he said you know we get to work together but I've told um, them how how you know good you are and how well we work together um, but I'm leaving and that you know I said he's going for a project manager role so he said the one reason why I'm allowed to leave is if I get you in <laughs> so he got me in and then he left and then he's back on the tools with us now just because he didn't enjoy the project managing um but yeah, I worked for this company for a year and we got on really well. They gave me a load of, I was back in industrial environments, uh, back doing what I loved and they gave me lots of responsibility as well. I was running a, I guess, a seven storey strip out um, at like 19, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, at, at uh, well, 20 actually. And, you know, I had like five electricians under me going in meetings every with, you know, people would laugh. They'd go, right, where's your boss? And all that, you know. Um, but it was really good because pressure makes diamonds, it, some say. And, and it, it helped, basically. It really, really helped with um, my experience that I gained and all that, being in a high pre- – it was stressful. It's probably the most stressful couple of years <laughs> of doing these big jobs. But, yeah, um, and it basically got to the point after a year of work with them where they were like, look, you know, you need to go on the cards because they are very by the book. So if you sub to a company for more than – I think it's six months, maybe it's even six weeks – you should they should employ you basically um if you are a sole trader if you are set up that way um so they were very by the book in that sense anyway they are like you know we want to we should employ you um and it was good i just had uh, my little girl she's two years old now but i just had her um and we were just moving out so i needed a bit of security anyway um because we were were going out and, and getting our own home and stuff um and yeah the money was good the perks were good um there's a lot of progression at the company um and there still is and stuff and it's just a really really good company and they'd invested in me a lot they'd paid for qualifications and stuff you know um so I said yeah I'm gonna be employed and it's the first time after seven or eight years of working and that I was yeah I didn't have to do invoices anymore my tax was all sorted um and yeah, I got like uniform bought for me, tools bought for me and all this nice stuff. Um, got a company van, which I could use in personal time, you know, brand new transit custom, um, all kitted out and stuff. Um, loads of nice uniform. Um, yeah, holiday, sick pay, all this stuff. So, you know, it's really, really good. Um, and then it was around that time um, that I got employed just before probably that I started my Instagram page was a recurrent um and that is basically just a blog um I enjoy my job far too much basically um and yeah I just share it online and I'm really passionate about a lot of stuff um so yeah I started doing that and it's gained a bit of a following somehow um basically and um it's got to the point now where um I I get you know sponsorships and stuff like that and um I've got my tool shop which is all in essence, from residual current, you know, um, we, can, we can go into that, but we won't, we won't go into it too much now. But I've got these other incomes coming in. Um, and it was basically, I only work four days a week now, but I was employed on a contract to work five and stuff. So it was me and my boss who's been supportive of everything I've done, you know, and, and still is. He's, he's sound. and He's a good friend as well um he said look you know let's go let's go self-employed but you might want to go limited um just because of the way you're going um and then yeah he's been supportive and that's where i am now i've now gone back to being self-employed i've set up a couple of limited companies one for the tool shop one for my electrical contracting um any sponsorships that come through residual current um go through the electrical contracting residual current limited and then the tool companies, just the tools, because again, they were getting muddied as well. Cause like the tool company was set up as a sole trader in my partner's name. But then I was buying tools through it and I was, you know, so it was just all not done properly. Um, but now um, yeah, I've got two limited companies. I'm the director of Residual Current Limited, and my partner's the director of the, the tool company. Um, and it's all done officially above board. And I'm back to invoicing, um, I'm getting my own van sorted, although there's um a short, massive shortage at the minute. You can't get one for love or money at the minute. Um, I think uh, I wanted a transporter, and I got told December, um, and that's yeah. So and that's a new order. And um, if I did it a couple of weeks ago, so it'd probably be next year now. Yeah. And um, if I ordered now, um, um, but yeah, I've got all those all those things to <laughs> look forward to now. And it, it's all that's it's all the journey. That's the journey.
0: But it it seems like you've you've enjoyed the journey and still enjoying it. So. Mm. That that's one yeah. of the beauty of enjoying the job that you do, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um,
0: for for any of our viewers who don't know, um, and it might be people thinking about setting up a self-employed and things like that. What is the difference between a sole trader and a limited company?
1: So, as a sole trader, um, you are the um, you are the culpable person. So all responsibility stops with you. Um, if you you know. If you invoice someone for a job, although you can have a business bank account, it's your money. It's all your money. So if you're a sole trader and you earn 100 grand that year, 200 grand or 10 grand, all of that money is yours. Obviously, you've got to pay your taxes. You've got to make contributions to national insurance and all that stuff. Um, But it's all your money you could take after you you pay all your tax and all that. If you've got 80 grand left over, then that's all yours, you know. And you can do with it as you please. Um, The problem with it is if you um, if you get into debt or you get into a financial situation where you need to pay money, you you know the responsibility ends up with you. They can. There's no distinction between your business and you. It's the same thing. So you are. I was Mike Page Electrical Limited, and if I couldn't pay. A bill, for instance, if I didn't pay any tax, right, if I was set up as VAT or I, I didn't do any of my tax and the taxman came knocking and I go, well, there's no money in the business. And he goes, right, well, you're the same person, though. I'm going to take your house and I'm going to take your TV and your car. You, there is no distinction. Um, when you're set up as a limited company, it's limited. So the responsibility stops at the company, doesn't matter who works for it, whose fault it was or whatever, you know, whether it's not paying tax or whether it's liability for damage or a fine for doing something, you know, just any of the millions of situations that you could get into, the buck stops with the company. So if the company can't pay, the company defaults, you know, they don't come knocking on your house, taking your stuff. Um, and that, that's the main reason why people um, set up limited companies, not because they plan to do this stuff, but, you know, the business world can be vicious and, and there's a lot of misfortune in there. So you can, if you can limit that misfortune and that um, any of that sort of those problems at the company and not yourself, then, you know, people would rather do that. Um, but then obviously um, it's a company like I said, so it's separate to you. So you have to work for the company and pay yourself a wage. So if you're a sole trader and you have, after you pay your taxes and all that, you've got hundred grand in the bank, you can take that out if you want to. Because if a limited company is paid all of its corporation tax and all that, and it's got hundred grand in the bank, then that stays in the company. You can't just take that out. You can pay yourself a wage, take your director's dividends and stuff like that, but you can't just, it's not your money. It's the business's money. Um, so that's the that's the there's a lot more to it than that but you know that's the the differences i would say um to an electrician who wasn't sure about the two that's probably the you no know, um but do seek um professional advice if you're yeah. looking to do it. go go
0: speak to your accountant yeah um, yeah so what 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 would you say the benefits of being employed have been for you i know you've mentioned a couple that you didn't yeah. have to sort your own tax or van or anything like that but for for anyone who uh, who likes the idea of not having to do all that kind of thing for themselves, what what benefits are there?
1: Yeah, so you know it's just very um, it's very you know set up and it, and it's done really. All your like I say, all your tax and your your, um, your contributions, national insurance and stuff, that's all worked out beforehand. Um, and you know it comes out of your your monthly wage. You have an agreed thing, so. You know, you have agreed hours per week. You have agreed benefits, if there are any. You have agreed times and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're especially industrial, um, what I would find is I've got loads of overtime. I earn a lot of money through overtime, you know. Um, A large chunk of my salary was overtime because you have your eight hours, but you're contracted to that. It's you're employed and that is your contract. So as soon as you go out of that, you... You, it's overtime and they're contracted to pay you for it and stuff like that as when you're self-employed or whatever you know you have your or an agency spark you know you go to do your time sheets and i'll go yeah you know it's only 15 minutes though or you know but, but what happens is those 15 minutes they add up over a year you know <laughs> 15 minutes every day is is you know a lot of time so there's stuff like that where where you're employed everything's by the book you know generally there's someone looking after your hr sort of issues and stuff there's someone to talk to and all that sort of stuff as when you're self employed you're very out on your own um and you're treated as such you know i felt a lot more comfortable going to the company with issues with talking to the company with talking about money with talking about anything because you're employed you know and it all seems all above board as when you're a sole trader you are just you're not you're your own man you know um, and you do get treated like that i think sometimes especially i guess if you're no it's different if you're a sole trader obviously working for yourself as a domestic electrician and that's different but if you're a sole trader or self-employed working for subbing to other people as a subby in in which generally is what you'll be doing in commercial industrial um for the most people um then yeah you are you are more included and in stuff if you're employed. Um, and there's, you know, there's none of the subbies for our firm, um, including myself now get vans and, and stuff like that. And, you know, there's there's little things that all the vans have fuel cards. You can use them within reason if you ask in your own time and stuff like that. As now I've got to get my own van, which is going to cost me, you know, hundreds of pounds a month and all that. And although I'm on a little bit more money, I'm now paying for a van and, um, I don't get sick pay and holiday pay, so you know. Yeah, that's that's a big develops. thing, isn't it?
0: I know a lot of a yeah. lot of self-employed guys are like sick pay, holiday. What's that? You know. Yeah, that's one of the realities of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and especially with me, that you know that that's a, a benefit that shouldn't be overlooked. Especially with me, I take sick days because of my daughter. I'm perfect. I'm right as rain, but my daughter's not, so uh, I've got to take a sick day for her. You know. So when you look at it from that perspective sick day i'd never take a day off i could be obviously it's a bit different with covid now you know you've got to get tested and stuff but um i could be so ill and as long as i'm not going to ruin anyone else's day and you know i would be in rain or shine and you know even there's been times where i've just sat there doing nothing but, but been there because of responsibility issues you know um you know you need to be in Mikey because you need to check that this gets done or you need to do that so i'll be in not on the tools because i'm that exhausted or that ill but i'll still be there working you know i'm not one to that's why i was always self-employed because i was like sick pay i never take a day off do you know what i mean so for, for sick anyway um but now it's very different i have to take days off because of my daughter and my son and, and stuff so um, that was a big thing as well, you know, the whole sick pay thing and the holiday pay thing as well. Um, but, you know, it swings and roundabouts. I think it's about the same, to be honest. If you're a hard worker and you're self-employed, you'd probably be all right um, to someone who was on the cards and you get more money and stuff. I think if, Percy, I think if, you, if you're if you a good spark and you know your worth and you should be self-employed. Um, um, what would you say to the... Looking the- back. What would you say the
0: disadvantages of being employed? So
1: um, disadvantages would be money's generally worse because you're being compensated for that's being compensated to account for, you know, your holiday pay and your sick pay, Um, especially in our industry. Obviously, if you went into maybe an office job or something, that's not going to be the reality of it. But because you have these two parallels within the industry Um, it's very much worked out, you know. So although you're getting these perks, this holiday sick pay, you're on this money every day, you know, Um, and that's your day rate, that's your hourly day rate, which is far less than what you would get if you were self-employed or even an agency spark, you know, Um, just because... It's just the way it is. We've got a guy who is a subby for us and everyone goes, he's on so much money. And like, yeah, but he pays a £600 a month travel card. You know, he lives in London. He yeah, has £600 a month travel card. So he's not on that much money anymore, is he? Because <laughs> £600 of his wages every month is for him to go to work every day, you know? So it's all, yeah, you know, but you are generally on less money. Um, You are obviously working for someone. So... I love being my own boss um, in the sense of I've always subbed for people, but if I don't want to go in or if I want to book a week off, then I can. And i found it weren't too bad because, like I said, I didn't really do it often, but now I've got this tool business and now I take days off just to make content for YouTube and stuff. I love the fact that, like, today I'm in my unit doing my own stuff and my boss is completely cool with that and he can't, you know, moan because I'm self-employed on my own man as if I'm employed he's got obviously every bug to bear you know um you've you've got to be in you've got to you've got to do what you're contracted to do so you know if you struggle taking um taking direction from other people and stuff like that, then I think you probably won't. That's a massive downside to being employed as you so you can have a boss, you know, and the boss ultimately is going to be worried about money and profits and that sort of stuff. And, you know, that's, yeah, they're going to be a boss. <laughs> they're going to crack the whip. They're going to talk to you how they need to talk to you, you know, in certain situations. And some people just don't like that. Um, I know some self-employed subbies where you know if someone speaks to them in a disrespectful way on site they'll just walk off and go get work elsewhere. You know, as when you're employed, you can't just tell your boss to yeah. you know do one because yeah but well, so, you could um, but you might
0: not be employed for long.
1: Exactly. So yeah that's probably one of the downsides. Um the money's not as good in my experience. Um you've got to haggle for more um but yeah and um the benefits aren't always holiday pay and sick pay like I say you know if you don't take a lot of days off you don't take a lot of holiday then that money just do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> is you're not you're not getting the benefit of it are you so you know you could probably earn more so like we got sick paid but it'd just be statutory so you know it's not worth it it's it's no. terrible it's you know so everyone goes oh yeah you get sick pay though and it's like yeah it's like 70 pound a week like that's not you know so that's not um yeah but the holiday pay is obviously good you get your day rate for the the holiday pay so that's what i mean you'd end up taking sick days as holiday and stuff because you know you don't want 70 pound a week and you know so yeah but um the money's not as good and obviously you're working for someone um at the end of the day so that's obviously the main thing is if you if you're not someone who can work for someone or, or you know, take direction from someone, then, yeah, you're going to struggle, I think. Uh,
0: we've sort of covered a few of the uh, the benefits and disadvantages of being self-employed, but have you got any more you
1: could add to that? Um, benefits of being self-employed. You're your own man, you're your own boss. Money's generally better. Like I say, if you're a good electrician, I think you should be self-employed because you can charge, if you know your worth, you can charge it if you're self-employed because you set rates um and if people know you're good then they'll pay them you know so um yeah as if you're employed your sort of rage is your wage you might hit a salary cap for instance and there's you can't have discrimination so you know if you're all in the same job role you can't have someone on more and stuff like that so you might hit a ceiling where if you were employed you could charge No, you know uh, if you were self-employed you could charge a lot more um so yeah that's definitely a benefit is you you know you can charge what, what you want you know whatever you think you're worth um and yeah just being your own boss being your own man um there's obviously lots of other you know you can claim a lot of stuff back on expenses um stuff you're allowed to obviously um you know your fuel and stuff like that and you can offset that against your profits um and pay less tax so you know tradesmen generally you're in a van every day you're, you're filling it up with diesel every week so you can offset that as an expense against your your tax so you get tax less and stuff like that so you know there's a I think it, it, after doing both I think the better option is self-employed 100 percent um I've just gone VAT registered as well um for both companies so loadouts hit the threshold anyway but the electrical company won't Um, But I've gone VAT registered just because you can claim that 20% back on everything. Is that Um, once you
0: you hit a certain profit for that year in that business, you've reached that threshold?
1: If you hit, I think it's like over 80 odd grand, you have to do it whether you like it or not, but you can voluntarily do it beforehand. So with the tool company, I voluntarily did it straight away just because I was like, if it's not earning more than that, then you know what I mean, (laughs) it's probably not worth it. So they set our sights high, but also everything I buy through the tool company gets VAT put on it. So it would be stupid not to be VAT registered. Um, But yeah, and then for, for the electrical contracting, I did it because I do a lot of sponsorships now, which... Have VAT on them and stuff, and I buy a lot of tools and I buy a lot of stuff, basically. Um, more so now that I'm, you know, I'm sort of come as a as an electrician subcontractor, um, and my van and all that sort of stuff. So claiming about that twenty percent is is you know a massive deal, and I hopefully will hit the threshold anyway. Obviously, we haven't been trading that long because I only set it up in May this year, um, but uh, sorry, in March this year. But, um, yeah, hopefully after a year I hit the threshold anyway and then I would have had to have done it, but I've just got into the swing of it early, you know. Uh,
0: what do you do for, um, for sort of how you manage finance? And I'm, I, I mean in terms of I hear some Sparkies or even just anyone self-employed, they'll almost have a few separate bank accounts. They'll have uh, like the business account for the, the normal ins and outs. They'll have maybe a, a savings account for, which they'll use as their holiday. So they might think, oh, X amount of percentage every month, I'm just going to put into there. So I've got a holiday fund or a sick pay fund um, and the same for pension or tax. Do you do anything like that?
1: Um, so when I was self-employed, I didn't. But that was mainly because, um, like I say, when you're a sole trader, your money is your money and... Although you can have a separate business bank account if you want to, you don't have to as well. So I would invoice, and my wages would get paid into my personal bank account, and then obviously I had my internal savings accounts with that, um, as you you know, as people do in their normal bank accounts. But yeah, I did have some stuff. I was a lot younger, so a lot of the money just went in and came in and went straight back out. You know, um, on clothes, on on my um, you know wining and dining my um my partner and you know going out and stuff but um yeah i did start to to save and stuff but like i say that was just internal to it's it no different to work being employed and getting paid into your personal bank account and putting stuff away you know so um i always got told to get a pension sorted which i never did um being self-employed like a private pension um, and I always got told to put money away for a rainy day in case you're sick or whatever. And I never did. But um, luckily I got away with, yeah, not, um, you know, I don't Play, playing it risky. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when you're employed, obviously it's a lot different, but the same for me as a, as a sub a self-employed subcontractor is the money got paid into my personal bank every month. And then I would, you know, pay my bills, put stuff in my savings and, you know, so on and so forth. Now with a limited company, obviously we've got a separate bank account. Um, and within there I put, you know, the VAT every, away. So if we send any invoices that have VAT on, when they get paid, I take the VAT out and I put that straight into savings because obviously that's not my money, Um You know, it's just value added tax. So that's the government's money. And although you're going to offset VAT, you've been charged against that. The best thing to do is just take the whole amount, save it. And then when you do your VAT return, you know, you'll pay them what you owe and you maybe have some left over. Um, And then I've got a van fund, which I'm saving for a van to actually buy one. Um, But at the minute, I'm going to lease one anyway. But on top of that, I'm just going to be saving. to potentially buy one just because I don't want to lease one forever. Um, and then, yeah, I've got like a rainy day fund and a tool fund all little savings accounts in the, in the thing. Yeah, and It's an thing. easy
0: way to um, manage it, isn't it? If you, rather than just yeah. everything coming out of your current account or your business account, yeah. it's good to sort of and separate. Obviously that.
1: I pay myself a wage as well. So <laughs> it's the business's money. So I pay myself 800 pounds a month now, which is below the tax threshold and below the, um, the uh, national insurance threshold as well so i don't actually pay any tax on national insurance because i only take an 800 pound a month wage into my personal account and then all the other money stays within the business um so yeah it's very different now so to you, what it was
0: you said earlier in the episode when we were talking about the differences of being a sole trader and um mm-hmm. a limited company So like you said, if if your business, for example, has earned, let's say, 80 grand that year, that Mm -hmm. tax year, um, and you pay yourself a wage, and you're only paying Mm -hmm. yourself, like you say, 800 pounds a month, for example, then you've got a massive chunk of money sat in the bank. So Mm I want to... Talk it as in we're doing this above board, not sneaky ways yeah. and things like that. But how yeah. how can you say say if it's only you and your missus or you and your your mate yeah. uh, running the company? How can you get that money
1: that you've earned? Um, so directors' dividends, basically. Um, so it's completely above board, but it's just what a lot of people do. So you pay yourself, um, you pay yourself a. a wage which if you choose to pay yourself less than 800 pounds or 11 grand a year whatever it is and you don't pay any tax on the national insurance which is obviously the thresholds that the government set. Um, if you want to pay yourself more than that that's completely fine but obviously you will be taxed on it and, okay. and what have you. Um, but what you can do is you can pay yourself your 800 pound a month salary and then you know where you won't have any any contributions taken from it because it doesn't meet the, the threshold. And then you can take your director's dividends out at the end of the year, which I don't actually know what that's going to be. Um, obviously it's based on the money in there. You don't want to bankrupt the company. And I think you can't take more than 80%. I think, I don't really know. Um, but at the end of the year or every quarterly or whatever, you can take your dividends. There is also a way of, obviously I can, I'm lucky now that I'm in a situation where I can, Live off that £800 a month. Um, the pretty well, we're having to cut back, but yeah, eating a lot you know, of tin spaghetti. Um, yeah, that's what we're planning to do because, yeah, you know, if we can live off of that, then it will be better for the business. Um, and basically, you live by your means. So, if you've got four grand coming into your personal bank every month, you'll probably spend it, and if you've got £800, you'll make do sort of thing. So, and um, that's what we're doing at the minute. Um, But yeah, and then if I wanted to, I could take money out of the business right now um, in the form of a director's loan. Um, And then obviously when I want, at the end of the year or whenever the books get done, that loan would have to be settled, um, which you could do through your dividends. So So you're sort of borrowing from yourself to pay yourself. Yeah. um, So if you wanted to, you could probably pay yourself two grand a month. Um, your £800 a month tax-free and then a £1,200 a month director's loan. And then um, at the end of the year, when you've got to pay the company back, you just go, well, I'll pay my director's loan back out of my dividends, which you owe me anyway. Um, director's loans are still taxable, though. Or sorry, uh, uh, director's dividends, I think there's still like 7% tax on them. But obviously it's better than the whatever. Um Whatever the tax rate is, but yeah, you can do that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so, and it's completely above board, you know. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. Well, obviously, the, I mean, the nuances we, of it we, all, wouldn't, but...
0: we wouldn't advise people, and I know, no. I know, there are a lot of people in the trade who, uh, well, any businesses really, all massive businesses, businesses you should probably buy from every day without realising it that they're swindling tax, and I don't yeah. think anyone would advise to do that because if there's not enough, not enough tax in the pot. Then, you know, it's us, the people in the country that suffer at the end of the day, isn't it? So I think as long as people are doing things legally and above board, paying some kind of contribution, then, you know, I think that's the main thing, isn't
1: it? Um, Yeah. And obviously you you have your corporation tax and stuff as well. So you are getting taxed in other ways. But, you know, they're, they're taking tax out of the company too and stuff, you know. So it's, yeah, there's more to it than that. But that's how the whole wages thing works, I guess.
0: Do you think every um, electrician should have a stint of being employed before they go into full-time running their own business?
1: Um, yes and no, I think. I think if it comes, it's about the role that comes with it, I would say. Um if you're going to do the exactly the same job that you do now, but you are employed for the same money and stuff, then nah. But I think if so, like what was good was a lot of the industrial experience I gained as an employed um, thingy. You know, there's, there's, it's a different. You're you're not out on your own as much and stuff like that. You're not a subby. You are part of the company, so you get looked after and nurtured and put on training courses and stuff like that. As with you're a subby, you're just a subby. You know so that was what was really good for it for me was I went employed and then I got you know put on courses and I got invested in and stuff like that Um, and then I grew with the company a lot I did like a year in the office doing like project management pricing and stuff because when you're employed you have all these like you know you can change roles and all that sort of stuff as if you're a sub Contracting self-employed electrician you're just you know they're not going to then go oh do you want to come work in the office for a year and do some you know as when you're a company man you have that opportunity to oh do you want to do this do you want to do that or um, because you're part of the company you know um, so yeah I would give it a go if you're not sure definitely but I think if just for the sake of saying you've done it I would personally say self-employed is a better route not necessarily going limited um, but get, being self-employed um, limited you definitely got to look into because if you don't earn enough or you know if you haven't got certain things going on it's not worth it um obviously you, unless you completely don't want the risk of if anything goes wrong having to pay it but i know loads of electricians which are earning their companies earn over 100 grand a year and they are sole traders and that's all their money you know um as if you're a limited company obviously it's the company's money and you pay yourself a wage and You've got to hope that in five to 10 years' time, the company's really big. And because you're a shareholder of it, you'll be able to take your dividends out of it um, rather than, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Um, let's um, it's a, let's talk about your your loadout shop. So that's something you've set up recently. So for our viewers, yeah. what, what what is that then?
1: Um, so like I say, I've got this um, electrical Instagram page and I do YouTube now as well, which is going really, really well, actually. Um, I think I've got like 24, 25,000 followers on, um, Instagram and YouTube's just coming up to 8,000, I think in three months, four months, which is mad. Um, and then I've been doing the Instagram like uh, two and a half years now. So that's been a slow burner, but, um, I just post about tools and work and stuff. And what I get all the time is obviously I get sent tools and I buy a lot of tools anyway, just cause yeah, it's all part of the fun, but, um, I would always get asked, where can I get these tools from? And i will just be sending hundreds of links to people, basically, uh, all the time. It's like Amazon and all this stuff. And um, it was the first lockdown last year. And I've always been a bit creative, I'd like to think. I tried to start like a clothing thing um, when I was like 16. But um, I just had this idea come over me of of loadout. And I was playing Call of Duty at the time because it was all locked indoors. So it was all playing you know everyone was playing it i felt like but um with the first lockdown and before it got boring basically yeah <laughs> um you know that first week off and everyone was like yeah this is all yeah. right actually. <laughs> but um yeah and then um i was thinking loadout is like you know it's your military loadout but really you've got you can have like a tool loadout and that's where the name comes from and then i work with a lot of brands um like for advertising and stuff so I sort of spoke, reached out to a lot of them, and like all of them came back and said yeah. Um, so then I set up and built the website over months, um, and it's I'm quite proud of the website actually, considering it's just made by me and electrician, you know. Um, and then I started the Instagram page, and then we launched in August last year, and um, ten months later. You know, it's a six-figure business. We've sold hundreds of tools and, um, yeah, we've got massive brands, Vito, um, CK, odd Klein, uh, Draper, Nipex, Velocity Back. You know, we've got good gear on there, basically, and it's going really, really well. Um, it takes up a lot of time. There's a separate Instagram for that, Loadout Shop, um, and that's got 11,000 now in, in 10 months, which is mad um and yeah we just sell tools and it was just a side thing really um i think it was all a bit scary when covid first came and i've you know we ended up working all the way through it um just because a lot of our work was remote and stuff like that and the commercial sector didn't stop basically for better or for worse but it wasn't stopping we was even getting So the commercial thing didn't really stop all the industrial work. So we ended up working all the way through it. But when it first started, there was just this uncertainty of, oh, maybe I should have, if I can do that, maybe I should do something, you know, um, as like a a side thing, you know, um, another stream of income, basically. Um, And then, yeah, luckily, I'm really passionate about tools and stuff anyway. So I make videos talking about them and, and, you know, using them and stuff. And that's obviously... I think people like buying from an electrician. Um, people like buying from, they go on my page, they watch a YouTube video of me using the tools rather than just some salesman trying to sell them, you know. And the other thing is, is we don't really stock. Um, we stock good stuff, I like to say. So, you know, if we we if we if don't rate it, we won't stock it. So, And I think people know that now and especially know that because it's run by an electrician who works every day as well. Well, four days a week now, but yeah. Um, I think they like that. Um, I guess I get told all the time they love. Yeah, you know, I love buying from electrician. I love supporting the electrician, and I think that's. Um, so yeah, I get asked all the time, "When are you? When are you just going to do Loadout full time?" And I'm like, "Never," because people only like buying from Loadout um, yeah. because I'm an electrician, you know. Um, and also, I love the tools too much, and Loadout is very much sitting on a laptop listing tools and you know in an e-commerce and it's just not me i do it and my my partner does all the work to be fair she does all the admin all the running of it and stuff Um, and as it gets bigger we'll need other people involved but i just do the content and stuff so people very much think i do it all but honestly i just do the fun stuff that everyone gets to see she does everything and i really don't enjoy the laptop stuff um (laughs) same with like i did a year like i say project managing and um in the office for my company and i really didn't like it i'm a i'm a practical person at heart you know i think that's Um, why a lot of people get
0: into the industry isn't it they enjoy the practical side of of work
1: yeah and then you know 10 years time i'll probably be begging for the best job you know because i'll be washed up but (laughs) (laughs) when your knees are knackered and your back don't work um exactly
0: so before we finish this episode where can our viewers find you on youtube and places like that
1: yeah, so uh, Instagram is at residual current. YouTube's at residual current. Um, I post every day on Instagram. I post every week on YouTube. And if you're interested in um, the best tools that you can get your hands on as an electrician or any technical trade, then it's um, at loadout.shop on Instagram and YouTube and www.loadout.shop. Um, check it out. Loads of cool tools and all sorts. Um, it's like um, it's like a candy shop for blokes. <laughs>
0: Um, We said, didn't we, before we started filming, uh, buying buying tools and shopping for tools. It's it's the new toys, isn't it? It's boys' toys. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I hope everyone out there who's watched this video has found it useful. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification button to see more videos from us here at SGTV. Uh, Mark, I wanna thank you for coming on the show once again. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, right, we'll see you all next time. Thank you.